Hello, welcome to Feed, Play, Love, the bite-sized podcast for parents. I'm Siobhan Hunt. This is a show all about parenting. I speak to experts and carers about everything from fussy eating, toddler behavior, sleep, and more. I remember sitting in a class at university, having a lecturer attempt to explain the internet and all of its possibilities. The internet as we know it today became available to most people in 1990. So I was learning about it at university just five years later. We didn't have the internet when I was a toddler or a preschooler. My children have both. I have no idea how to teach them about what has become such an integral part of life for everyone. Shona Innes is a clinical and forensic psychologist who's written a series of books to help children with different issues. And her book, The Internet is Like a Puddle, offers a way into this discussion about the internet for parents. Hi, Shona. How are you? Good morning. How are you? Good, thank you. Why did you want to write this book? I wanted to write this book. Book Siobhan, because um, in my in my practice, this was an issue that parents were presenting with often. <laughs> so they were either presenting with uh, concerns with little children about how do you kind of get them to pop off the internet? You know, how do you manage that internet time? How do you get them to go from an activity that they love and then ask them to to clean their teeth or do something that's a that's a little bit uh, more boring than the internet? So there was that aspect of the need to do some work around the internet with young people. And then also as a forensic psychologist, I work with the really dark end of the of the internet, if you like. So I work with young people who may have been victims of online bullying or even of online um, sexual approaches. And I work with with uh, online offenders as well. So um, yeah, in my, in my mind, it became uh, uber important that we, we start to talk to young people about the internet um, in, a, in a balanced way, not in a, in a really scary way, talking to young people about the wonderful things that are available to us on the internet uh, and also then talking about the sorts of things that we might need to be careful of. It, yeah, it was drawn to my attention just recently that the internet as we know it now has only been around for about 30 years, which isn't a long time to um, actually get a handle on what it's capable of in our society and what its impact is on small children. Is part of what we need to do as parents try to step back and imagine what it would be like growing up with this just part of life? Are we maybe a little bit more sceptical, a little bit more aware of the dangers because we know what life was like before the internet? I think it's um, yeah, there are there are lots of ways that uh, we need to be thinking about this, Siobhan. The first one is that you know we grew up in our era, in our little pocket in time, and when we're still growing as as adults in this current pocket of time as well. And the things that are happening in in society and the world around us, they shape our experiences. And so that means we can't assume that our experiences are going to be the same as our children's experiences. They're growing up in a in a completely different world when it when it comes to the technology the technology space I think we also as adults sometimes have this kind of nostalgic uh, view of our of our childhood sometimes if we've been fortunate enough to have a to have a safe and happy childhood sometimes there's a whole lot of nostalgia there and we can kind of think that because that's what we did then that's that's actually the best the best thing um, but we yeah we can also still yearn for that shared time together that that doesn't involve a screen and things as well I think Mm. And and why did you choose uh, the metaphor the internet is like a puddle? 
I wanted to have something that was a mixture of uh, fun and dangerousness, if you like. I wanted to have something that um, you know I knew was uh, could be attractive to to young people, but also would probably be something that that parents might tell them, you know, be careful. You know, don't go too deep in there or careful it could get slippery or um, yeah, that, those, those sorts of kind of, I wanted something that had pros and, and cons so that the children could relate to, to the idea that I can play in the puddle, um, but I still need to be careful about how I, how I do play in that puddle. And are you trying also to explain in a way what the internet actually is? Because I think yeah. that sometimes that's quite a hard thing to um, explain or articulate to a child. It, it's um, it's it's a crazy hard thing to explain and articulate to a child. I have a uh, a fifteen year old at home who's totally all over it, and what I'm finding is that I'm just, just deferring all the knowledge to him. <laughs> it's kind of handy to have a teenager in the house who can do that. And then I was thinking, oh my goodness, that's exactly what my family did when back in the day when we got our new video player. You know, I was I was king of the video player because I was the only one who knew exactly how to how to work it. Mm. Um, so yeah, I don't think we need to kind of fully understand all the minute ins and outs of it. You know, I drive a, a car, I don't understand all the minute ins and outs of it, but I can still drive that safely, and I can still know which experts to go to if if something's going going wrong with it. So I'm not sure that we need to know you know the specific details of how the internet works, but we need to know, I think how people might relate over the internet and and how people might try to you know use the internet for for wonderful things but they might also use the internet to do things that aren't kind uh, and necessarily aren't happy because they're trying to um, you know, do something that's important to them but not important to everybody now you um, as you mentioned in your practice work with children who haven't had a great experience with the internet before. And so they've already sort of, if you like, been burnt by the flame. Um, was it tricky for you to explain how something that's also great can be harmful to children who haven't been through that experience? I think, I think that is a little bit harder because, and usually these children are a little bit younger as well. And so um, that's why it's important that I kind of talked um, generally. And, and again, the, the, the benefit of having a, a metaphor, because I'm not sure that everyone knows exactly all the things that could go wrong if you go too far into the into the water. <laughs> I just yeah. know there's some, if there's a, if there's a good attachment in the family, then there's, there is that kind of trust that goes with doing what the adults in your family are, are kind of telling you to do. And some children will have that naturally curious personality where they want to explore and, and find that out for themselves, regardless of what they've been told. <laughs> so it's, each child is, is, a, is, you know, quite unique and quite individual. But it's really, again, it's about trying to help them to understand that this is fun, but I, I can't, um, it's not something that's, that's good for me in, in great big doses, that I need to enjoy it. I need to navigate the parts that I know are useful to navigate. And I need to know what the signs might be that I've gone to somewhere that's not safe and who I can talk to or who, you know, which experts I can go to if I find something on there that's, that's making me feel uncomfortable or distressed in some way. What would you say to people who might say, well, my child's really young when they're on the internet. They're just looking at YouTube videos while I'm watching them. Um, they're not going to get on the internet on their own. They're too small. It, this is a picture book for young children. What would you say to that? 
I, I think it's it's interesting because I think it's I, I just know that um, that feeling that I get when I have too many tabs open on my internet <laughs> that it can quickly get overwhelming. Um, you can swipe and um, you know, and end up in places that you didn't intend to end up with. Even if I'm you know, at my most focused, <laughs> I can still go, oh, that's a shiny thing, and click on that. Oh, that's, that's kind <laughs> yes. of related, and, and just end up kind of clicking my way into something that's um, you know, for my my. Um, distress it's about I've just completely gotten off task and I've just lost myself um, you know maybe I'm looking for a, um, some research in a certain area and I just click and I get all excited about all this other research but I've actually lost touch with where I'm supposed to be when mm. I'm looking at the at the internet and I think that's what can happen to kids too not that they're looking at research and things too but they just click and they are attracted by certain certain shiny things and I know enough about again being a forensic psychologist I know enough about um, how some people you know, um that the, the extent that they're prepared to go to, to to groom young children on the internet, and and how they try to understand young children, and and can kind of lay certain certain traps. I'm also very optimistic, though, that the people who know more about these things than you and I, Siobhan, who know probably know even more than my teenage son. I'm mindful that there are so many new technologies that are coming out that are going to continue to make the internet a little bit safer. The, the trouble is they're always going to be a little bit behind um, the, the space where, where people are, um, are doing unsafe things mm. on the internet. But there are lots of technologies now um, that are able to track certain things. So um, the, the police, for instance, if they're looking for nasty stuff, they can usually quite easily track that on the internet these days. Mm. So it's, it's, it's perhaps not as, um, as scary in terms of what I see in my practice as it was a few years ago. Um, where that was you know, completely unguarded. There are schools are definitely on top of this stuff these days as well. And some of the school services are really well connected with authorities and with um, with you know, helpful people who um, understand the risks. And you know, they they're all really well connected these days. It is. It's been it's been just um, you know, what's happened in that gap that has kind of left left the hole open for for there to be some some yucky stuff that's happened there. But I'd like to think that that gap is closing the more we talk and understand about risk as a community and get together to um, you know, to allow our young people to, to play in the internet puddle um, without too many of the risks that there might have been um, 10 years ago. And educating about educating children about that is part of the process, isn't it? Absolutely, and, and when they when they get older, there are you know, so obviously always we're looking at what's developmentally appropriate for a child. So in the beginning, when they when they are preschool age, we're looking at you know, some simple concepts that they can understand. And as they get older, we need to also kind of teach them about things like how people try to sell you things, <laughs> and you know what those things that are that pop up on the side, and and what is advertising, and and what is what to look for in a, in a safe internet site. So if you're on there doing your homework. How do you know if that's a genuine site that's done good research or whether it's a dodgy one? Mm. Um, and schools, again, are getting really good at, at being able to provide students with that kind of information as part of the curriculum as well. You touched on this a little bit earlier, but I think this will be my last question because I'm sure many parents deal with this. Um, how much of a problem are techno tantrums for parents when you see them in your clinic? Ah, uh, yes, they can be doozies. And it's been interesting um, to to watch the uh, there's kind of the most tangible techno you know, thing. I think um, 
at the moment that that award would probably go to Fortnite. Um, <laughs> a, few, right. a few a few years ago, that was that was Minecraft, and so they are they're big. And but also kind of they are tend to be bigger in those kids who who are probably having some emotional regulation issues as well. So um, you know the tantrums are big, but when I see those tantrums and a whole lot of other tantrums in other places throughout the day, that's when I'm really getting concerned, Siobhan. I think if uh, it's kind of it's understanding that as a parent, as I said before, that when we, t- when we take a child from something they're enjoying and ask them to do something that's not very enjoyable, there's always going to be that, uh, that need to change down the gears in their emotions and we need to help scaffold them in, in that place as they, as they learn to do that. Uh, and every family will have its own values in terms of how they wish to respond to those, uh, to those tantrums and parents do need to um, you know, reach out to other parents and get some support if those tantrums are getting beyond them um, in terms of managing. But if, they, if they're starting to find the tantrums are creeping to non-tech kind of meltdowns, um, then yeah, it's really time to look at what kind of skills that child has to just learn to regulate their, their emotions and to regulate their disappointment. And do you have any tips, if it is just around technology, how you can avoid uh, a meltdown when you're asking them, as you mentioned, to get off a game and go and clean their teeth? Yeah, I think it's predictability helps, Siobhan. So if you um, say, yes, you can hop on the the computer or the tablet or whatever, um, and you you can be on there for half an hour, I'm setting the, the timer uh, whether that's actually on the device that they're using or on your phone or even on the, the microwave in the kitchen. Uh, and when the timer goes off, you'll have, you know, two more minutes to, to finish what it is you're doing. Uh, and then, um, so, you know, providing that scaffolding in terms of, okay, you're allowed on it, but it's not a, a free reign. <laughs> there is there is time. And, and ultimately, that they will then learn to budget that time. They'll learn to make sure they go on the sites that they go on. As children get older, if they're, if they're gaming on the internet, some of the games they get involved in are quite involved and they might be playing with other team members um, who will get quite stroppy at them if they if they drop out in the middle of their of their team game. So as they get older, it's worth talking to them about oh, which game are you going to play and how long do you think that's going to be and, and trying to incorporate a little bit of time management um, as an extra bonus skill in that space. Oh, I love that. Look at the, look at the silver lining of the cloud. They might be playing always. on the game, but there's a teaching moment here. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Always. There's always a, a conversation and, uh, that can be had in, in those spaces. Oh, brilliant. Shona, thank you so much for your time today. My absolute pleasure. That's Shona Innes. She's a clinical and forensic psychologist and author of the book, The Internet is Like a Puddle. We'll pop a link up to where you can get a copy of it on our website. Just head to babyology.com.au forward slash feed, play, love. Feed, Play, Love is a babyology podcast produced by Elise Cooper and presented by me, Siobhan Hunt. You can get in touch. We'd love to hear from you. Email us at feedplaylove at theparentbrand.com.au. See you next time.